Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Stella Ray Herself podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Thank you so much for all the support on last week's episode and for all the love on my new IG account. If you don't know, I started a new IG and TikTok specifically for the podcast, so check them out. The Instagram especially has so much new fresh content that is specifically related to things that we talk about on here and, you know, it's less so my own personal life. So if you're into the mental health stuff, the feminism stuff, the self-care, self-growth, definitely give it a follow. And let's just jump right in. Merry Christmas to all that celebrate. Happy holidays. The day that I'm filming this, maybe it was yesterday, was the first day of Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah if you celebrate. I don't, but shout out to everyone who does. <laughs> Beverage of the day is a peppermint tea. I haven't even had my second coffee, which usually is mostly decaf or a decaf, but I haven't even had that yet. I'll probably have it after this, let's be real. But it is snowing today, y'all. So it might be a white Christmas here in the Pacific Northwest. It's kind of shocking, actually. It was a white Christmas last year, but traditionally speaking, we don't always get snow. And it's kind of, again, traditionally, historically speaking, rare for us to have a white Christmas. Like I've had a few, but last year it was like crazy. And this year it's kind of looking like it's gonna be the same. I personally love it, except I'm like, it's just making getting to the gym a little bit harder because I walk to the gym, but I'm still here for it because it's, it's just fun and fresh and wintry and it's just cute. We have a few things to talk about today. I'm really excited. The first thing I wanted to discuss more on is things that give us anxiety slash are they overrated truly or is it just because we have anxiety? I made a TikTok about this. I did a list of, you know, five things or something that are like normal things. Like an example, if you haven't seen it, is working at a coffee shop. Sounds like a quaint, chic thing. I don't know. I don't really like doing that all the time because it kind of brings me anxiety. It's like, where am I going to sit? What if there is no sit seat available? It's more nice to like go to a cafe and read and like, I don't know, just do casual stuff. Like if I have a bunch of work to do, I'm not going to go to a cafe because bro, like what if I have to pee? Who's going to watch my stuff? What if there's no seat available? What if their Wi-Fi is bad or they don't have Wi-Fi? After you finish your drink, it's kind of like, I always kind of feel awkward or rude to sit there for a long time, but I don't always want another beverage or another item. So I don't know. It's more nice if you're like reading a book or just checking your email, like doing something chic and chill. And it's always better in other cities as well. You're exploring, you're trying a new place, you're observing the different people. But another thing was like getting fresh flowers every week. <sighs> yeah, I love the concept of self-care and like that being a nice thing you do for yourself. And I love having fresh flowers. I love when people give me flowers. It's so sweet and I love that. But am I going to get fresh flowers every week? No, because to have like a glass of water in a prime location, what, on my dresser? Or like by my nightstand where my phone might be charging or, you know, not on my desk, my laptop's there. Like the thought of that water spilling is too much. And especially <laughs> now that I'm back home and there's pets, like hell no. Nah. It's not about flowers. It's just like the stress. <laughs> So there was a few other things too and it just kind of makes you realize, you know, oh, I'm like anxious about a lot of stuff and none of the things I mentioned in the video are like overwhelmingly 
anxiety inducing, you know, to the point where I'm not ever going to do them or enjoy them or where I'm going to avoid them. But it's just like that low key stuff. <laughs> and then when you kind of think of all of them together, it's like, oh, this list is kind of long. So I put on my story, you know, what are some things you guys may have anxiety about or, you know, things that, you know, like normal things that maybe we should enjoy but that actually bring us anxiety or that maybe are just overrated. And I wanted to share some of them so we just feel less alone because I'm sure if you listen to this podcast, you probably have some degree of anxiety or, you know, I don't know, maybe you don't, but it might be interesting for you anyhow. There are a lot of people who said shopping and grocery shopping, um, shopping at a mall during Christmas time. I definitely feel this and it's so funny because growing up, I always loved going to the grocery store with my parents, especially my dad. You guys have seen the vlogs of like me and my dad doing errands together. And then especially when I was vegan, you know, I would definitely want to go to the grocery store so I could pick out my 8,000 bananas, you know. But ever since, you know, moving out and having to get my own groceries, I hate grocery shopping, bro. It's one of those things like if you're just casually browsing, it's like, oh, let me go to Whole Foods and like go through all the aisles that I don't normally go through in my everyday haul or like my every week haul. Let me look for fun products and things like that. It's like, that's enjoyable. But to get a whole haul, especially living, I mean, I'm sure any town, any city, any place has prime hours, you know, of like, it's gonna be busier. But especially being in like I lived in downtown LA there was a Whole Foods and there is a Whole Foods in downtown LA so I would shop there sometimes and I had to go there like right when they opened because any other time bro hell no that location especially is very it's not like so small but I just feel like the aisles are so narrow and like if someone has a cart they're taking up like the whole width of the aisle you know a lot of people work in offices in downtown LA so anytime past like 11 a.m. you know when people are kind of starting to come for lunch and stuff would start to be crazy and then people are getting off work and again this is the same in a lot of places you know after 4 or 5 6 p.m. it's just like a absolute no so that's why i love instacart this is not sponsored imagine i'm like thank you so much i would love to be sponsored by instacart honestly but i use instacart because i also don't drive um which i don't you know if i'm doing a huge haul that's pretty inconvenient to like carry shout out to the new york I mean, people, honestly, I was gonna say girlies, but just the people, they have their little push carts. Like, I wish that was a more normal thing like on the West Coast. I don't know, but I'm definitely gonna need one of those. I don't know if you guys saw my recent vlog, but Trader Joe's, bitch, yeah, I would love to go to Trader Joe's and just do a nice little browsing chic haul. Like, oh, what new body products do you guys have? Like, what fun, you know, holiday items do you guys have? But it's like, it's not a relaxing experience unless you go like first thing in the morning when they first open when no one's there. Because otherwise, I'm overstimulated, I'm stressed out. So I definitely feel everyone. I do think that's a really normal thing. Um, so things that can help are wearing like <laughs> baggy clothes or like a just really big hoodie. You can put the hood on. Maybe not, but wearing sunglasses, it might seem kind of extra sometimes, but I think especially if you do live in a big city, like that's kind of a little more normal. Going first thing in the morning, again, helps a lot. And just practicing breathing, honestly, all those things can make your shopping experience a lot better. Oh my God, this is my sis. She said, Loki sometimes going for a hot girl walk. Like how do I happily stroll through the streets? I feel this, I used to feel this a lot more. And I think just 
since my lifestyle has been so like walking, you know, for so long, I've kind of gotten used to it. It definitely depends on the area though. But you know, like when you don't live in a walkable area and you're trying to walk and it's just so embarrassing, like all the cars passing you, like I definitely still feel that to this day sometimes. But something that's really helped is just moving out of, you know, a big city or like when I say big city, I mean just the specific neighborhood I was in, you know, literally was city. It was downtown. I, you know, I walk out my door and there's skyscrapers, which is really cool in a lot of ways. But I think just because downtown LA is pretty sketch you know there's skid row right there which is really unfortunate um but there's just a lot of people walking around they're on drugs they have mental illnesses that are untreated and that can just be a little scary i feel like especially as a woman you know any man ever is gonna be scary like no offense there was definitely routes i could take but i i did not like go outside and take a walk every day you know so just the relief i have felt since coming back to a smaller city and being in a neighborhood where you know, it's like a neighborhood, like there's families, there's parks, so many people taking walks, walking their pets, there's trails that are accessible. It just feels so much more relaxing and a relief to take a hawk or a walk. Or like I've been saying, I walk to the gym. You know, it's not like I'm walking through a neighborhood that whole way, but it's so much less stressful than trying to take a walk in downtown LA was. <laughs> and like, obviously there's so many nice neighborhoods in LA and like, you know, and not even like bougie nice, but just like quaint, like little walkable neighborhoods, whatever. But um, yeah, definitely where I lived was <laughs> not that. And it's like, I chose to live there for a reason, but whatever. Anyway, so my advice for this, not that I even necessarily, not that anyone needs advice, but because I experience, I have experienced this as well, I would say, headphones i would say like use just one headphone i have um noise canceling headphones bitch i would never wear those out walking i literally lost one of my airpods actually last time i was in new york no this summer when i was in new york one of my airpods mysteriously disappeared don't know where she is r.i.p celebrate herself's airpods right question mark where is she so i literally will wear one airpod and listen to music or like a podcast that helps and i think also just like you know when you watch a lot of tiktoks of like girls lifting at the gym or girls taking hot girl walks or just people doing something that maybe you're a little scared to do and like you just think of them when you're doing that i swear consuming so much media about like the gym and lifting and being a girl or a woman lifting makes it less scary to go do it because you're like no like i i got this you know like if this isn't like a weird thing that i'm doing you know i'm like part of this community even though Maybe I don't talk to anyone personally, but it's like, you can think of that. And it's like, oh yeah, this is normal. So doing that for hot girl walks, you know, it's like, you just think of all the other girls taking their hot girl walk and you're like, okay, maybe I feel a little cringe, but I'm still gonna do it for the health benefits and I'm gonna feel better mentally and physically and emotionally after this. So. A few people said weddings. So I've never, I haven't gone to a wedding yet as like an adult. What even was the last wedding I went to? I haven't been to a wedding since I was like a little kid. It was probably like my aunt or something. I don't know who was gonna get married out of my friends first, but like, can someone have a wedding? <laughs> Sounds kind of fun as an adult, I'm sorry. I could see it being anxiety inducing though, like if it's someone you maybe don't really know that well, or like maybe you're the plus one and like it's kind of just awkward, but that's like kind of any social situation, honestly. I don't know, like I don't really have experience with this, so I can't really say, but it's just funny, like multiple people said weddings. <laughs> someone said love interest being a gamer. Bro, I don't think I could do it. Like, I just, like, I've never talked to a guy who was, like, a gamer. 
Like, I've talked to guys who, like, maybe played a little, like, this on the side or a little bit of this. Like, but it was never, like, I call them and they're on the game. Or, like, oh, why aren't you paying attention to me? You're just playing your game. Like, I've never experienced that. Thank the Lord. Because it's just, like, to a certain point, unless you're making money off of that, it's kind of, like, cringe. It's, like, why are you trying to escape your reality so much? Like, you know, and same goes, like, if someone's just so addicted to their phone, you know, if anyone's, like, super just, like, so involved with something unhealthily, it's, like, do I really want to invest time with that person? I don't know, because I'm not, like, your mom. I'm not your therapist. I'm not going to constantly want to tell you to stop. So, what was I just thinking before this? I was, like, oh, my God, that was such an ick. I was, like, oh, my God, that was, like, an ick. Like, I finally thought of one. I can't remember, but it was, like, so specific. It was so funny. That's not necessarily something that gives me anxiety day-to-day. -day, I could definitely see that. But you don't, you don't have to be, you don't have to have anxiety over that. Part of dating is getting to know someone. And so, yeah, you can be attracted to someone at first because you don't know everything that's behind the surface, you know? So that's why you get to know each other before you, like, I don't know, fucking get married or something. Like, you know, heavily invest. Getting up in front of a group to go to the bathroom, like in school. Bro, I fucking feel this. And I've talked about this before, like not recently, but I know I have before. Like when you are sleeping at, I mean like a guy's house specifically, or you know, like a crush's house, a sneaky link's house, something, a hookup's house. <laughs> but even like at the sleepover, like I remember as a kid having so much anxiety because I would always wake up first, you know, bitch, I've been an early riser my whole fucking life. And just, like, getting up, it's, like, I honestly had, like, a fear of, like, sleeping people, which I think it just, like, looking back, it's kind of, like, people-pleasing. You're, like, oh, my God, I don't want to wake them up, but it's, like, so, like, I should have to hold my pee and get a bladder infection so I don't potentially wake you up. Like, what the fuck? And it's, like, if someone woke me up because they had to pee, you know, as long as they were being respectful and trying to be quiet, like, I wouldn't care. I'd just go back to sleep. I don't really have that as much now. But yeah, it's so embarrassing in front of a hookup or yeah, like a group of people or something. So you just honestly have to like not give a fuck. I definitely feel like I care less now, uh, but I've definitely been there. So yeah, don't be, it's like easy to say, just don't be stressed by that. But it's like, you just have to think of it that way, you know? Or if you're in the window seat on the plane and you have to pee, bro, no one is going, like nobody reasonable in their right mind is going to get mad at you or be annoyed with you for getting up to pee. As long as you're not getting up every fucking five minutes, you know, if you know you're someone who has to pee so, so, so much, like try to avoid the window, but like getting up once or twice, even more than that during a super long flight, like no one's going to be mad at you. <laughs> and like, why are you putting their comfort? And it's like, not even their comfort, they, they get up for two seconds. Nobody fucking cares you know, over your body and, like, what your body needs. It's not your fault that you have to pee. Sorry. It's just, like, I've gone through this, like, so much and I've really had to, like, grow out of it. Okay. Putting air in my tires, bro. Like, literally, imagine getting gas. That's so scary and anxiety-inducing. This girl says candles since it's a fire hazard. I definitely feel that. Um, I feel like my parents feel that more. Like, my dad was really triggered when I got my Bath & Body Works candle haul, but I was like, bro. And I've shown him that I'm, like, responsible, so now I don't think he cares as much. <laughs> I will definitely, like, I don't know, go to the kitchen to get, like, a beverage, come back to my room and like my mom's blown up my candle because she's like, you left out unattended. It's like, bro, I didn't leave the fucking house. I went to go get water. You, what do you think's gonna happen in two seconds? But it's like, I get it, but it's also like too shy to ask for ketchup packets at McDonald's. <laughs> uh. Washing my hair, then blow drying it out. 
Oh, I don't feel this. I feel like annoyed by this, but I don't feel like anxiety. But maybe she means like it's overrated. Going to the gym sometimes, I get so much anxiety. Like, is it going to be busy? I feel this definitely. And I will avoid going to the gym like, you know, at prime hours, like 5 p.m. Hell no. But I think this is also just something that it gets easier the more you do it. And the more you kind of realize like nobody's looking at you or if they are like, I don't know, they're fucking weird. You know, it's not like everyone's like staring at you like, oh, she's new here. We know she doesn't know what she's doing, you know? And just thinking back, when I first started lifting, when I like moved to Hollywood, bro, my form was fucking terrible on something. But it's like, here we are today. You know what I mean? So it's like, you had to be there to get to here. Especially with the gym, bro. Just like watching a lot of videos following girls that are super into lifting and stuff. Like it just helps so much. Calling to make appointments. Bro, you gotta use your Kris Jenner voice. Just like, hi. So I thought all this was super interesting because, you know, it's fun, relatable, and lol, and you know, we feel us alone. But then I got this fucking TikTok on my For You page of this guy. I was going to play it for y'all, but he has the, the voice effect on it, which I know a lot of people are annoyed by. So I will link his TikTok down below so you can watch it if you want. But it's something I've talked about on here before, which is the concept of training your brain to not have anxiety in the sense of, you know, if something's giving you anxiety and you avoid it because you have anxiety about it, you're teaching your brain that that is something that you need to be afraid of. So if you, you know, are scared to go to the gym because, oh my God, like I've, I'm new at that. I don't really have experience. Like what if people laugh at me? What if people look at me? I don't know what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, you have like a bodily reaction to that with like more what he say? Like the three things your brain can do to like prevent you from doing something is emotions, thoughts, and physical sensations. So if you're thinking these, if you're kind of thinking these things, but then like you also start getting sweaty palms, you also like your heart starts racing, you start like feeling lightheaded, and then you get more thoughts and like maybe images in your brain of like, oh my God, like what if I fall? And like people laugh at me, you're like, oh my God, it's going to be so scary. Like, oh my God, it's going to be so busy. I won't have anywhere to go. You know, you're more likely to listen to that because you're like oh my god it must be true if I'm feeling this way and thinking this you know like oh my god is it my intuition so then if you don't go you're teaching your brain like yes that was something to avoid so then the next time you're like oh my god I feel motivated to go to the gym that girl 2023 like yes I'm gonna get so snatched your brain is like no remember last time it felt so scary to do that and you didn't go because it was scary so why would you go now and that's just how anxiety gets worse and worse so the real trick is to just practice feeling uncomfortable and do things despite feeling anxious or uncomfortable or uneasy or however you may feel. And obviously this does not go for like, like, oh, let me go put myself in an actually dangerous situation. But for things that we just have anxiety over like social gatherings and not in like a COVID way, but just in like a social anxiety way, you know, shout out to everybody with social anxiety. The gym, you know, any of these things that people listed and that I listed, I think a really big example for me is flying. In 2021, I took my first flight in a while, like a longer flight. And it was the first time I'd felt anxious on a plane in so long and so then the next time I flew bitch my anxiety was so bad like I had not had anxiety like that in the longest time it's like you know for the past few days leading up to the flight I just felt like so anxious and then the morning of it was like I was almost not like numb but you know when you're just so anxious that you just like don't like you're just like ugh. and then the flight after that I don't even know if that next flight was easier but now because I kept putting myself in that situation, it got easier and easier. It's nowhere near where it was like two years ago. Same with the gym, you know, like 
now just because I'm so used to going to the gym, it doesn't really intimidate me anymore. I'm sure that would be different if I was going to like a different gym maybe or you know if it is prime time if it's super busy like that might be a little stressful but it's not going to be that like super just like anxiety like physical sensation like I do not want to go because of how I'm feeling and what did he say it was like leading by action instead of emotion your brain responds to action because you can tell you can like say to your brain like stop feeling anxious but that's not going to work you know if what your actions are saying is no that is something to be scared of. Keep these things in mind as we're doing our little anxiety inducing routines. So I would love to know your thoughts on that. If you've had any experience with that of, you know, doing something despite feeling anxious about it and then it being fine and maybe next time you went to do it or a few times later, you know, you kept at it and you felt less anxious because it really does work. And anytime I do feel anxious, I just remind myself of this and I'm like, bro, I have a decision to make because avoiding something because you're anxious is still a choice you are making. And it is something that is going to affect your anxiety next time. You know, it's not just like, oh, I'm ignoring it. Like, oh, I'm not going to go because I'm just feeling a little anxious. It's like a piece of the puzzle. You know, it's not just like a one-time event. So it's not about pushing through anything no matter what. Like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do anything regardless of my mental state. But it's like, in this specific example, it's better to teach your brain like, no, we're going to lead by action. Like, I need to show my brain, show myself that it is, it is not something to fear. So I will link the original TikTok down below. Again, it is in the voice filter. So if that annoys you, like, you don't have to listen to it. But Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Something else I wanted to talk about that I've never really touched on here, but that I feel like I keep seeing here and there is choice feminism. This is something I've heard a lot and like I always hear people saying, oh, so-and-so is just like a choice feminist, like their opinion's not valid. <laughs> so forgive me for not knowing this, but I did not know the definition of it was this simple. The definition is literally the belief that the individual choices of women are inherently feminist. So this includes things like shaving your legs, wearing makeup, choosing to be a stay-at-home mom, or, you know, going to the workforce, plastic surgery, you know, anything where it's like, oh, it's my choice. I will link this article down below, but they say, choice feminism's fatal flaw lies within its name. The assumption that choice is a liberty that everyone has. The spectrum of choice is completely different between an affluent white woman and a low-income woman of color. When an affluent white woman chooses not to buy expensive brands of clothing or put on makeup, she is often praised for her nonconformity. A low-income woman of color cannot do the same because she was not born with a cushion of privilege. If a low-income black woman were to choose to abandon societally expected makeup and clothing choices, she could be ridiculed for looking unpresentable and lacking social stature. And then this really summed it up for me, I think. White women are fortunate in their ability to worry about nitpicky, tiny expressions of feminism while women of color are struggling around institutional roadblocks. As such, obsession with choice feminism neglects intersectionality and conflicts with POC feminist narratives by ignoring the inability of some women to buy into the narrative of choice. Individual choice does not push real political change, only policy does. Choice feminism's leniency towards a woman's choice diverts attention and discourse away from the oppression that drove women towards those choices in the first place. 
So it's like, yeah, it's my choice to get plastic surgery, but it's like when you're doing that, you are still buying into and upholding patriarchal expectations of what women should look like and that women need to look a certain way to begin with and things like that. So it's not really attacking those problems. It's just like, well, it's my choice. Choice feminism tends to champion performative femininity as a form of self-empowerment. If a woman decides to get a makeover, according to choice feminism, she draws power from her own choice as if it were her decision and only her decision to reinvent herself in terms of appearance and lifestyle habits. In fact, this is not true at all. The very essence of makeover culture implies that there was something wrong with the woman to begin with. Choice feminism stifles discourse on this and instead focuses on congratulating the woman for the expression of her choice. Is there really choice when it comes to my appearance if I only feel good when I invest resources, time, and money into it? And then this also I really liked. She said, I may have believed that my eyeliner is sharp enough to slice the patriarchy to shreds, but my money is lining the pockets of a man who has told women that they look more acceptable with eyeliner on. Choice feminism does nothing to address the increasing commodification of feminism that results in only superficial change that solely benefits the minority of women who enjoy accessibility to such brands and resources. Today, feminism is used as fuel for capitalism, where companies hide their consumers' tendencies behind feminist ideology. It's okay to be feminine and enjoy feminine things, as long as you don't religiously believe that things such as makeup can actually be weaponized to enforce real political change. Good feminist practice does not require you to drop makeup for social justice. Feminism is about making strides for all women, not just yourself, and the most important thing you can do as a good feminist is to allow these different narratives of different women to guide your feminist actions in the future. I think it's so crazy how we live in this really individualistic society or maybe not so crazy but I think it's interesting how we live in such an individualistic society and then there's this certain brand of feminism which is pretty mainstream you know I think when people think of feminism a lot of people tend to think towards that like oh we're we're burning our bras we're not wearing makeup oh my god they don't shave their armpits and in reality that kind of feminism is so individualistic so that's why intersectionality is so important to learn about and to just keep in mind when learning about different issues. I think especially as a white woman, it's so important because especially if you grew up in an all-white community, if most of your friends are white, like you're gonna have a pretty limited world view. Thank God for, I mean like education obviously, but also the internet, you know, and I've talked about this before, but great that we can have such easy access to other people's and different people's perspectives. I think this also really ties into the whole plastic surgery argument. You know, is plastic surgery our BBLs feminist? I think essentially no, and I've talked about this before. That's not to say, oh my god, if I'm a feminist, I can't get that <laughs> if I want something done. Because it's also true that when you do look, look a certain way, when you do present yourself a certain way, you are going to be most likely treated better in certain situations and like have an easier time accessing money and <laughs> things that you need to survive in this society. So while that is a short-term solution to a long, or a long-term problem, a bigger issue, but that's like a whole other argument too as well, you know, because then there's like the whole sex work industry and just how so many people, women want to like, you know, take advantage of the sex worker image and stuff, but then they're also like really judgmental and horophobic. <laughs> women who think they're morally superior to women who are sex workers because, oh, I don't do that. But then it's like, you still want to be a part of it. This whole soft life thing, this whole, bro, y'all, did you guys see the TikTok of the girl? This is like old, but the girl, like when you're waiting for someone at the restaurant to pay your bill and it wasn't a joke, like she was not joking. It's like, just call it what it is, bro. Like, so that's like kind of a whole nother topic. Um, 
But then in another article I read, she said something about this stems from the commodification of women's bodies and reinforces patriarchal norms. Um, so I think that is pretty much the answer to the question, like, is plastic surgery feminist slash are more specifically, are BBLs feminist? You wouldn't do that if women's bodies weren't commodified in the first place. You know, the only reason you do that, you know, the reason that your life may improve, you may have greater social stature, you may have more opportunities, you may have access to a certain kind of man that you wouldn't have before is because women's bodies are commodified. And that is the real issue, not should I get a BBL or not? It's kind of like a tricky question, I guess, to answer. It's not like a yes or no answer. Um, but if you guys have any article recommendations or book recommendations about this, I would love to hear it. I did read Women, Race, and Class by Angela Davis this year, and it was a really great read. And I think especially as a white woman, it was a really important read. So I would recommend you read it if you haven't. Also, Bell Hooks, Communion um, is a great book for women, you know, and especially with relationships and just existing as a woman in society, especially a woman that wants to heal and grow and like be the best version of themselves, you know, in a society that doesn't really support that. Finding a partner, dating men. So I will link those books down below as well, but if you have any other recommendations, I would love to hear them. But I just kind of wanted to lightly touch on this today because it was something that I was thinking about and that I wanted to learn more of. And I will link these two articles down below. I mostly referenced the first one because it was more like an intro to choice feminism, but the second one, Choice Feminism, A Self-Imposed Barrier to Progress, is also really good and I feel like goes into a little, a little more detail in certain things. Most patriarchal norms have been so naturalized that we do not even consider that we may opt out of certain engagements, such as leaving the workplace to have children, having children in the first place, getting married, all of that. I love the holistic psychologist on IG and TikTok. She posted something, I didn't screenshot it, but it just came to mind that was like things I've learned as I've gotten older or something like that. And what, or like things that are normalized in our society that we need to unlearn. It was something like that because the thing that really stuck out to me was she was like, society tells us that, you know, milestones in our life are things like getting married, having a baby, graduating college. Milestones are unique to each person and can also be starting a healing journey, connecting to your authentic self, following your vision or leaving a toxic relationship, you know, and those are just a few things, but it doesn't have to be like, oh my God, I need to get married by this age. I need to have a baby by this age. I need to <laughs> get retired at this age. You know, like there's so much more to life. And I feel like the more that we can educate ourselves about like these systems that are set up that so often we're like blind, blind to, you know, we just kind of accept them. And it's like easy to forget that, you know, not everyone is in our little like bubble of like learning. So again, let me know if you have any literature that you would recommend. Um, and let me know if you have any thoughts. The last thing I wanted to talk about is Capricorn season. It's Capricorn season. It was Capricorn season yesterday on December 21st. So shout out all the Capricorns. If you're a Capricorn, let me know what it feels like to be a Capricorn. And let me know if you're not a Capricorn, let me know your thoughts on Capricorns as well as what your sign is. I feel like Capricorns are like my least, not like least favorite earth sign, but just like I feel like when I'm friends or have dated earth signs, they're normally Tauruses or Virgos. Like I just don't really know that many Capricorns. Like I know some, but like I feel like most of the earth signs I know are Tauruses and Virgos and I have more Taurus and Virgo on my chart. So like maybe it makes sense. But so this is from Refinery29. Love their astrology article. <laughs> Capricorn is an earth sign. And just my first initial thoughts, Capricorn is a sign of like the grind. What is it? Like a goat? <laughs> a mountain goat. So they're all about like climbing, you know, climbing the mountains of success, going up the ladder. They're like grind mode, you know, and I think that is just so fitting for this time of year when we're wrapping up our 
2022 goals and starting to plan our 2023 goals and kind of work towards that. It's also known as the father of the zodiac, where its opposite is cancer, which is known as the mother of the zodiac. Do y'all remember me talking about like the age of Aquarius and like what that actually means? <laughs> Whatever it was, was going from Capricorn to Aquarius. So it was like, oh, going from these like patriarchal, really like structured, you know, ways of life and society to like Aquarius, which is more like independent, free thinker. So that's kind of a good way to think of it as well, I guess. During Capricorn season, we'll look at matters and relationships with a stern but loving eye as the holidays and new year roll in. Pragmatism and realism will be at an all-time high, as well as the importance of respect. Setting limits is always important in life, especially now that we are taking charge and using our power to protect our energy. We'll use our authority and dominance to accomplish great things that can make a difference in the world. The motivation to succeed is high, but be wary of success that must come at a high cost. Are the sacrifices worth it? Are we missing out on the joys of life to make our way towards becoming the CEO? What are we sacrificing on the fast track to glory? <laughs> Me. It's time to assess our lives and figure out the path that defines us, even if it differs from the road we started on. There is also a new moon on the 23rd, which is the last new moon of the year, of course, and it is also a great time to manifest, you know, think of what you want, this upcoming month but really this upcoming year and because it is in capricorn season we have the you know motivation and that just like grind mindset to get it done get the planning done it's mercury retrograde next week we're already in the shadow period so it is a really great time to plan not so much to take action you know so it's a good time to plan the year think about how you want the year to go what kind of goals you have. And maybe one of your goals is to fucking relax, you know? Like maybe you're someone who takes on a lot of extra stress. Maybe one of your goals is to learn how to say no more or to say no more. So it's just like, what does success look like this year to you um, or, you know, this upcoming year? And what can we do to work towards that now? And again, it could be something really small. You know, it doesn't have to be like, my goal is to like, travel to 80 different countries and read 300 books and lose 400 pounds. Anyway, that's going to be it because the dog is literally barking so and it's like I literally like bro I cannot <laughs> so thank you so much for tuning in this week <laughs> again let me know what you want me to talk about next week in our new year's episode and also don't forget to take a screenshot post it on your story tag me tag at celery podcast if you enjoyed leave a review and stay tuned for next week thanks for listening bye everyone